Welcome to No Nonsense Nonprofit, the podcast that gives you quick, actionable information, tools, and techniques to help you magnify your mission impact. Together, we'll cut through the noise, reconnect with our heart-centered work, and get stuff done. I'm your host, Sarai Johnson, Sailor Tongue Change Agent, Amazon best-selling author, purveyor of nonprofit wisdom, and founder of Lean Nonprofit. I founded Lean Nonprofit because I believe nonprofits are businesses too, so you want to run yours like a boss. No Nonsense Nonprofit will help you do exactly that, plus you'll have fun doing it. So let's get started with this week's topic. Today on No Nonsense Nonprofit, you're going to hear from my friend Michelle Bixler, who's a public servant with a heart to actually serve the public. It's kind of refreshing, a little unusual, and she's going to share with you ways that she's been able to align her values with her work and how she persevered through a situation where it wasn't natural for her values to align with her work and what she did to overcome that situation. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. This is Sarai Johnson, your host. I'm really excited to be here today with my very first guest of all time on the No Nonsense Nonprofit podcast, Michelle Bixler. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> she is somebody that I actually met once a long time ago as her homeownership counselor back in the day when I worked at NEDCO. And then we ended up in the same cohort when we were in grad school getting Master's of Public Administration degrees. Uh, And we connected there for lots of different reasons, but partly because we were both working and we both happened to have babies like several weeks apart from each other. And therefore that set us apart a little bit from our graduate class. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to welcome you, Michelle. Uh, Michelle is about to take on her new role as the economic development and marketing manager in the town of Strasburg, Virginia. So I'm very excited for her new job, except it is taking her across the country. I'm looking at it not as though I'm losing a local friend, but that I'm gaining a friend in Strasburg, Virginia. That's exactly right. beautiful. Thanks for having me, Sarai. Well, thank you for being here. So I wanted Michelle to come on the show today because I wanted to have her talk about her experience of being true to herself and holding her values in alignment in whatever job she's had. So one of the things that really stands out to me about Michelle is that she is consistent, always herself, and always always stands up for what she believes and what is important to her wherever she is. And also that's known amazing. as stubborn. Oh, <laughs> that's the key. Okay, stubbornness. Gonna write that down. Write that's that a down. really good one. <laughs> awesome. Stay stubborn to yourself. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So Michelle, can you tell me a little bit about, and our audience, a little bit about what that means to you to have values in alignment with your work? Well, for me, I think, you know, I've always called it my inner onion. And over time, I've sort of continued to peel back the layers of my onion. And I know that's an analogy that's been used forever, um, but that's one that's stuck with me maybe because I smell like an onion. I don't, I'm not sure. You smell delicious. I smell, and taste good with garlic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But so for me, as I've grown older, I mean, as a younger person, I think that um, a lot of times I just wanted to work hard, I wanted to show up, and I wanted to succeed, quote unquote, and which meant, um, you know, getting an A plus on a paper, mm-hmm. or it meant getting a compliment from my boss, or getting a raise after the year. Um, as I've grown older, the layers of the onion have come off, and that's looked a little different, mm-hmm. and I think it looks different differently for everyone. Um, I'm, you know, we can go into specific values, but I, I don't even think that's necessary. I think the important part is, is that you start, that folks start, you know, tuning into what's deep inside of them. I love that. And I think it's really interesting to note that so many of those rewards and things that you were looking for for validation before were things that came from outside of you mm-hmm. that other people could confer upon you. 
which in some ways I think, I mean, many of us recognize that in ourselves as well. And we may do it forever, or we may come to a place where we're able to get past that layer and say, oh, well, who am I really and what is important to me mm-hmm. as a person? And how do I know I'm actually being the, the person I'm meant to be by living out these different values? Right. And I honestly, I don't know that I could give someone step one, step two, step three on how to dig into your values and how to be true to yourself. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know where I, if I could say where to start. Yeah. Well, you, you could someone? tell. I, well, I would. <laughs> I have all kinds of things, but I talk on this podcast all the time. So we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> so, well, I do. Um, I do think it would be useful to hear a little bit of your experiences um, in jobs where you've had to stand up for something that was really important to you while you met resistance from the outside. Because I think one of the things that kind of holds us back sometimes from being who we know we are in our work and everywhere uh, consistently is that we're afraid of what the consequences are going to be external to us. We might feel better about ourselves and yet Maybe not, because we might still find so much of our our value and our worth in what other people say or think or give us as a reward. Um, So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and how that's unfolded for you in your career. Well, in most of my positions over the years, I haven't really had much of an issue. I have my values have not run into conflict with the values of the organization for which I've worked. As you know, I I had a um, recent or a recent and a pretty intense situation where that was not the case, and I found myself on a daily basis, you know, feeling the acid in my stomach from stress, and it just it felt it felt not right on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and um, so I really had to take a step back and look at. You know what? What's going on here? Is this me? Is this the organization? It took me a long time actually to figure out what's mm-hmm. going on. Am, am I? Am I just? You know, not. Do I not have the skills necessary to perform this job? And then ultimately, what I discovered was that it wasn't about what I was doing, you know, daily for my work at all. It was more of a values, a conflict of values. Mm-hmm. I I compromised that. I have to be honest. You know, it wasn't like this is something I feel in the core of my onion that is not right. <laughs> I felt like um, it would be okay for me to compromise that, and so I did. But those type, those little types of scenarios kept happening mm-hmm. over and over, in that same kind of way, like a very, it wasn't, um, sometimes it was explicit, like, no, I don't want you to do this. Um, I guess one thing I, that maybe isn't clear yet is that one of, one of my strong values is that I do believe in transparency and government. Right. And so, uh, meaning I think that the public should have the opportunity to weigh in on any and all decisions that this that they're paying my they're paying my paycheck as well as my bosses my boss's boss they're you know they have every right to be uh, involved in whatever's going on and so that was that was what I, what I was finding some conflict with another example of where I would have run ins would would be when um, another agency or a particular individual would ask for information. Uh, and obviously we're a public agency, um, but it would intentionally take a while to get back to them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that again bumps up against my values. On another occasion, a, uh, there was a, so this might be a little bit technical, but uh, basically there was a, a rule that was gonna get passed and those rules don't have to be, they just have to be signed off by the city manager. They don't have to go to council and get voted on. Mm-hmm. And so this ordinance was um, 
had a public comment period and a citizen call to comment and he asked to speak to his counselor and so I gave him his counselor's uh, contact information and hung up with them and after I got off the phone I was like oh wait a minute he he doesn't need to talk to his counselor in fact if he talks to his counselor it's not gonna do anything he right. actually needs to do use a different method and so I checked back with the city attorney's office to verify that that's what needed to go and I was advised not to contact that citizen but unless he specifically asked for that information that I shouldn't give him more information than what he asked for um, what? and so yeah and so uh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't I called the citizen back and I told him how to get how to submit his public comment because I just didn't feel like that was right for me to withhold that information. He doesn't, he doesn't work at the city, he doesn't know what those, I mean, who knows that outside of people that are doing that every day. I wasn't even sure, and I do do that every day. Yeah, seriously. So, um, and so it's that, it, those types of run-ins that really kind of just, obviously, I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's not obvious, but it was, it made it really difficult for me to, um, go there every single day and feel good about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's really amazing how your body tells you things before yes. your mind knows what they are. Because I, I really relate to that sort of visceral discomfort, <laughs> you know, yes. where yes. I, I mean, even in my last job, I talk about it a lot with people. Um, I loved what I did for years and I was very, very passionate about what that organization does and still am. Mm -hmm. And I still respect mm -hmm. them so much and care about that organization. I want it to be successful. Also, I rent my office from them, so I'd love to stay here forever. But um, it was there was a really severe, long period of time where I was almost in denial about, well, not even almost, but 100% definitely in denial about what was really going on with me because I was in a place where I was totally uncomfortable, not for good reasons, not because you know I needed to grow or change, although that's definitely what I believed about it, but because there was a mismatch between what the organization wanted from me and what I was able to give it or willing to give it. Mm -hmm. um, and that didn't become clear for a really long time, like year, years. And that's unfortunate for right, yeah. my gastrointestinal health. But <laughs> <laughs> for sure, you know, something that we can be aware of. Um, it sounds like you figured it out a lot faster than I did. Well, to be fair, I was doing yoga literally two to three times a week mm -hmm. during my lunch hour. I would skip lunch and eating and I would just go and I, I think that is the only reason I was able to be there as long as I was yeah. because I was and you were I mean, you were there for 10 whatever 10 years right and it felt like it <laughs> forever <laughs> yeah and I wasn't there that long um and the only way I was able to maintain as long as I was I think was because I was actively like trying to flush out my body with mm -hmm. cleansing and yoga and yeah <laughs> taking good physical care of myself which is amazing to do whether you're suffering or not, right? I mean, self-care is just such a central piece about being able to bring mm -hmm. all of yourself to a job. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what that's been for you? Even, I mean, whether it's in this scenario where you were having a negative experience or in other scenarios where it might have been a little bit, you know, less difficult or, you know. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. You have to... It's sort of like, I always equate it to that whole airplane scenario when the gas masks come down, they always say, put your mask on before you put your kids on. It's, mm -hmm. it's really hard to think about doing that. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is you aren't gonna be functioning at full capacity if you're lacking oxygen or if you're, in this case, you know, you're completely stressed out and you're, you know, you've yeah. got smoke coming out of your ears and <laughs> your, your intestines are all messed up. In yeah. <laughs> it, you don't want that going on for yourself. And so I, I can think of, 
so many times when I, it's exactly when I hear myself say, I don't have time to go to yoga, uh -huh. that I kick myself out the door because flushing, allowing my brain to just shut off for an hour and like concentrate on my breath going in and my mm -hmm. breath going out or what, you know, it could be running, it could be whatever, whatever your, your thing is. Um, but, you know, allowing your, yourself to take that space, create some space in your body and your mind. I am 10 times more effective and then all of a sudden it's it's a non-issue that's the thing like I come back into the office and I think I never had time to whatever XYZ and all of a sudden I have ample time to do that right. and then I, I not only do I get those things done but I get a little more done and I'm much happier yeah yeah so, yes self-care <laughs> rule number one beautiful I'm gonna write that as a number one because we'll come back to this at the end when I do a little recap um, but yeah, I think I, I will have to agree with you on that entirely because it's a, it's something that can easily be pushed aside. It's mm -hmm. almost always like the first thing to go for many people, yeah. especially when you're under duress because you're like, oh, I'm failing. You know when you're failing at something, whether it's because you're failing because you don't have the skills or because you're failing because of some other reason that might not be within your control, but you know that you sense that and you, you kind of get scared about it and then you might do what I did, which was the opposite of what you did, which was like stay up all night all the time and finish grants or go um, get up at three in the morning to send all the emails because I am behind on emails or whatever it was that I was doing, which which was just always work harder, work harder, work harder. And that doesn't actually work. Like it, I mean, it got me through, it got me to some places, but it wasn't the answer to the actual problem, which right. was figuring out what in the world was going on with me and with that work, with my job and to see that there was a place where um, where I had to make some choices about it. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why I couldn't do that sooner was because I so over-identified with my work, mm -hmm. um, which to me, as you talk about your experience, it sounds like that wasn't such an issue for you. And I wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons why you were able to be so clear on your values and then to separate the, those out from your job or from what your job said about you. Right. Well, and I would say too that if this were five, seven, ten years ago, I'm not sure I would have done that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm older. I have a lot more going on in my life. People that I care about. I have children. I mean, God, if there's anything that will, you know, make you readjust every, the way you look at everything, it's kids. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, it's only it's only because I'm pushing forty. <laughs> <laughs> if I were pushing 30, I don't know that my tactics would have been as good. So tip number three is get older. Get older. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to agree with that like one, too. Like wine. <laughs> exactly. I, well, I think everyone will be able to be successful at that. Yeah. I think so, too. So this is one that 100% of you guys are going to be able to implement right now. Mm -hmm. Get older. Uh, but, but there is something to... Uh, getting older and becoming more secure in yourself. Mm -hmm. But you were talking about like peeling away the layers of your onion. And some of that is effortful work where you're just like continuously taking that last layer and going, well, what's underneath here? I'm very curious about this. I'm gonna check this out and really get to know who I am a little bit better. Um, and some of that actually just sort of starts to happen more naturally because, because of time. And mm -hmm. you go through things 
in a different way as you're older experiencing them really differently and you can also see patterns mm -hmm. earlier right so right. you'll be able to say like oh I have this same weird feeling in my guts that I used to have when this was happening mm -hmm. or oh I can sense that there's something not quite right because I'm getting a lot of tension headaches right now I like normally I used to ignore that and then I'd have to call in sick for three days because I had a migraine but now <laughs> something's happening and I need to figure out what that is so that I can address it. Right. One of the benefits of aging. <laughs> there are many, many benefits to aging. Now when you were going through the difficulties in your last job where you were kind of realizing there was a mismatch of values and you felt like you were kind of pushing a rock uphill and you <laughs> were staying true to what you felt, felt was important to you, which is uh, openness and transparency in public agencies because that is what you went into public service to do was mm -hmm. to actually, what, serve the public? Weird. <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes people have weird goals and that's fine I and know. I accept you as you are. But, um, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, how did you keep yourself going when you may have been questioning your competence or your abilities in that job? Well, I think, you know, one thing that happened was when I started, you know, we talked about how the discomfort that you start to feel physically, and I was going, I actually feel so much stress that I think my life is shortening. I think that I'm actually taking days off of the, the my, my life, or the bit mm -hmm. of the times my feet will touch the ground <laughs> and walk through the world. And time is, is a precious, precious commodity. And when I started feeling like, it, when it got that gross feeling, I knew at that point I needed to shift, but also, um, you know, you go through this period where you're, I was starting to question myself, you know, you feel, is it me? Is it them? It's sort of like a bad relationship, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, it's very much like that. Yes, it is. So, of course, you know, just like I think anyone would do, I started looking at other jobs. And once you start looking at other jobs, I was also like, well, I should brush up my resume. And so I pulled out my resume and I looked at it and I started reading and I was like, oh my gosh, I have accomplished so much and I've worked so hard and I am good. <laughs> In fact, I'm awesome. They're lucky to have me. And I, it made me feel really great about um, sort of sticking to my guns with all this stuff. It, you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy time to go through. Right. So I don't want anyone that's listening to think like, I don't know, it, it was uh, taken lightly on my end because it was really, it was incredibly stressful and I can yoga all day long and at the end of the day, if I'm still literally, uh, you know, taking days off of my life, it doesn't, right. you still have to make a big change. You know, when you say that, I remember while I was uh, experiencing my super stressful era <laughs> at Medco, I watched Princess Bride and there's the part in it where they put Wesley in the like, I don't even remember what it's called, but where it's um, the machine that takes years off of your life, you know, and it's oh, like yeah. run by a water wheel and it stretches him and they're like, take it to 60 years, <laughs> you know, and then that's when he like almost dies and oh. to blade and all that stuff. But I totally, when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, that's happening to me. But it's true and you do, it's weird because you definitely get that sort of intuition mm -hmm. that almost seems over the top but is in fact real mm -hmm. that you are shortening your life by doing something that's not even worth it. Like how much do they really need me here? I care about the mission, I want to do this, I love this job, I want to see it through. Mostly I don't want to fail, mm -hmm. mostly I want to like be the next executive director here or whatever thing it was that kept me like slogging through that mm -hmm. and in the end it was like, um, that's <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I don't need to do this. Right. Like, 
it's, you know, I had probably noble reasons for wanting to continue, but ultimately I was like the Wesley that they put in a cloak and like fed him that weird chocolate coated <laughs> life stuff. Yep. As one of my mentors, who's a high ranking official person in government said to me, it's just a job. Yeah. Always remember that. You are valuable. It's just a job. Yeah. Totally. And I, you know, honestly, my response to that was, well, that's true. <laughs> I still get my health insurance through this agency. I still get my, you know, pay my bills through the cash that's coming in here. So it's, I don't know, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it is just a job. Yeah. It is. And it's hard to remember that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to remember that the whole time because there's so much that we yeah. get from our jobs. Like, yes, our paycheck and our health insurance. And also, in some ways, just our reason for getting up in the morning and, mm -hmm. like, a place to go every day. And that was all stuff that um, I don't know that we always think about it that way, but until it's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm still wearing my sweatpants, and it's <laughs> one in the <laughs> afternoon. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder if I might, like, wear real pants today. Nah. <laughs> no buttons for me. <laughs> buttons are for, for people who have a place to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fancy. Um, <laughs> but speaking of that, I mean, we uh, talked a before we started recording about, um, I was telling Michelle, like, how when I was going through my really difficult time at work, how I was, like, really high fashion. Like, I wore, <laughs> it's not high fashion. Well, it was my style of high fashion, <laughs> which was buying new stuff all the time and, like, getting cool new haircuts and looking cute I had mono because I got really made myself sick from work so I lost like 10 pounds and that was amazing I'm just kidding it's a terrible thing mono is the worst <laughs> I was in bed for a month but but the but the thing about it was that like in a way that distracted other people from the issues that had been going on and on and it also distracted me from it in some ways as well and so there were even I mean as weird as it sounds like there were some benefits to me putting in a little extra effort on that front and kind of pumping myself up and feeling energized by that. And I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, I think that that's something that you maybe resonate with as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, and I still, this is one of my little tips of, you know, we all have days when we do not feel very great and we don't want to go into work. And on those days I put mascara on because I don't feel like mascara all the time. <laughs> and so, and, and I dress up a little, just a little bit more. And it's just so that I can, and people always comment and I say, well, that's because I'm yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it, it makes it's first of all that makes people laugh, and it's mm -hmm. because it's true. The honesty of it is it's true, and so but it it keeps me going through the day. I, right. I look a little nicer, and it helps me just power through. Yeah, the little engine that could. That's a beautiful thing, and that's important. I think it's okay for us to find little things that make us feel better, especially if they're healthy things. Mm -hmm that aren't going to um, make you sick or you know get you addicted to something that's not good for you or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's another really good point that we can also kind of help ourselves through those difficult times so that we come out the other side still okay, um, but that we maybe make it a little bit easier just to go through it as it's happening. Because like you said, it's not like, you know, now you're on the other side, you're not looking at it like, oh, it was easy. I was just always attached to my values in such an amazing way. I like had a little soapbox I stood on at work and I was like, very transparent. Well, I did have a soapbox, but you did. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> well, cool. I take all the things I just said back. <laughs> that's perfect. So, all right, 
so you did have a soapbox, <laughs> which is great, but it still didn't make it easy necessarily. No, no does not. No. I mean, it made it easier to like be seen in a public square, but still. Because right. taller. Right. Exactly. You know, details. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real logistics person, so I'm just kidding. I'm really not. Is there anything else that you feel like you would want to impart to people who are looking for a way to really be true to themselves and their work? Or maybe finding themselves in that place where they have a nervous stomach ache every morning, like I did when I was going to third grade, but not really quite sure why it's happening? Yeah. I, you know, the one thing that I will say about being on the other side of this is, you know, when, it, when everything first sort of fell out, and my ego got a real big kick against walls, you mm-hmm. know, and it was, it was, that was, that part, and that was, and I just looked at it. I knew that that was what was going on. This is my ego. It is hurting, <laughs> and I will stroke it for a little while because that's and that's okay. I yeah. took my week or whatever it was to kind of wallow in that. But truly, I am so much happier now, and I'm so glad that I can look back on it and talk to all of my old coworkers and say, you know, I feel I feel really great about how all this went down because I I did stick to my values, and I'm not. I'm glad there were there are certain things. reached out to people for support in that experience and that you know it wasn't like you suffered alone as you went through it you talked to me and I'm sure you talked to many other people as well probably while it was happening and then as it was concluding you know and I think that's absolutely I think I think that's a huge that's a really great point actually I don't I didn't and it wasn't like I was trying to pull people down with me really Mm -hmm. I was just trying to check myself like is there anything that I could be could be doing to make this easier on me or the folks that I'm working around or I was just looking for anything that could sort of alleviate Mm -hmm. the stress of it. And um, people had some, really the kind of things that people were telling me, it wasn't specific advice, but it was, uh, it was reinforcing again, like we we would just kind of talk about what those specific issues were Mm -hmm. and where, why they were bumping up against each other. And it sort of just reinforced exactly where I was standing. And, you know, am I willing to compromise X, Y, Z? Maybe X, maybe Y, but not. I mean, that actually kind of goes back, I think, in some ways to what you were talking about. You just made a little comment about how sometimes work is like a relationship, like being in a bad relationship, and you're like, is this me? You feel kind of like you're Mm -hmm. a little crazy. You're not sure if the other person is making you feel crazy or if you really are crazy. (laughs) You're like, why everyone's crazy? But um, it's an interesting thing because in so many ways, work is like every other relationship. It's like a relationship with an entity that is whatever it is. And then finding yourself in a place where it's not a fit, uh, not a match, like you you moving on from that doesn't have to be acrimonious. It doesn't have to be like, this organization is bad and they're the worst and they all should burn in hell. <laughs> it could be, well, I don't really fit in there. Like they can do business how they want to do business, but that's not where I am. Exactly. I might have been able to fit there, but I, but I am not now. So I'm gonna go and wish them well and wish myself well and free everybody up to do something different. Mm-hmm. That's right. I like that. Okay, so just full disclosure, I have my next project, everyone, is a book called Leave in Love, 
which is about doing that, uh, about figuring out what is good and what isn't good and what's working and what's not working for yourself, and then making the decision about moving on and doing something else that will free you up and free up other people potentially. So one of the things I'm doing as I'm doing that work is collecting people's stories about leaving and having experienced things that were good or bad or leaving relationships, leaving jobs, leaving mm -hmm. religions. I put those all on the same car because they're all equally traumatic sometimes. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, but I want to get those kinds of stories in because they're all really powerful and interesting to kind of see how that feels for people. Yeah, I love to hear that. <laughs> Thank you for I letting look me. Forward to your next book. Thanks for my <laughs> shameless pitch on this wonderful time. <laughs> well, I really appreciate this so much and you were this has been fun. Thank you for letting me. Michelle had a lot of really great things to share with us today, and I wanted to wrap it up with a little recap on what I think the main points are. So a few takeaways are, one, trust yourself. Listen to your body. Know when your discomfort signifies that you need to grow versus when you need to go or when you're out of alignment. Believe that your values matter enough to be stubborn about them. Her first point was it's also called stubbornness. It's not just that she's some magical creature who's super committed to her own values. She's able to understand that what she thinks and what she believes is important enough to stand up for it. The second is take care of yourself. Always take the time to be well mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and everything else will take care of itself a lot more easily. When you are in touch with yourself and when you have what you need to be well and whole and complete, you are able to really rise to the occasion and do the work that you're called to do. The third is review your accomplishments to get a more objective view of who you are and what you can do. Sometimes we all face scenarios where we're not really up to snuff. We're not doing what we think we can do. We're not maybe performing at the level we want to be performing at. Sometimes that's because we need to learn something. Sometimes it's because we need to grow. And sometimes it's because we are actually out of alignment and we need to really pay attention to that. So reviewing your accomplishments can help you to see how you've performed in the past and how you might be able to perform again in the future and what you really are bringing to the table when it comes to your mission-based job. Four, on your bad days, dress it up a little bit to pick yourself up. Sometimes it just matters what you look like on the outside. If you feel like you're having a really hard time and you're struggling, just dressing it up a little bit, putting in a little bit of extra effort can actually boost your mood and make you feel more confident, and that can help you be more competent. Number five is reach out to other people. If, ask if there's anything that you can do differently to make it easier on yourself or on the people that you work with. Get support and get outside viewpoints. It's not, as Michelle said, a way to drag people down with you. It's a way for you to lift yourself back up to the level that you know you belong at and also to get a, a third party opinion about how things are going and, and the things that you're sensing. Especially if you're extroverted and you need to talk about things to process them, it's really helpful to have a few friends or colleagues you can really rely on and trust to get their viewpoint and to get their take on what's going on with you. I hope today's episode has been really useful for you. I'm so happy that you listened. Thank you for being a part of this. No Nonsense Nonprofit is brought to you by Lean Nonprofit. Nonprofits are businesses too, so run yours like a boss. Get in touch and join the conversation by emailing me at sarai at leannonprofit.com or join the Facebook and LinkedIn Lean Nonprofit Geniuses groups and see more at leannonprofit.com and nononsensenonprofit.com.